Welcome to Beautiful Soul Sunday, and thank you for tuning in. Listen, we want you to be encouraged, uplifted, and strengthened in your faith as you listen to the show today. And we pray that this podcast will be a blessing to your soul. Now, here's your host, Dr. Lynn Gope. Well, grace and peace, beautiful souls, rise and shine. It is a beautiful soul Sunday because this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This is your host, your sister, your auntie. Yes, your girl, Dr. Lynn Gobel is back again this week to kick off another episode of the most insight, inspiration, energy, encouragement, and love You already know that's what I am here to give you a dose of. So come on in as I release some positive vibes to you wherever you are listening from, your phone, your home, your car, your computer, maybe even your radio or your television this week. Again, I would like to say thank you to all of my listeners nationwide and internationally who continue to support your girl's Godcast podcast. So listen, beauties, keep it locked. Keep listening and subscribing to Beautiful Soul Sunday as I give you some news you can use. And that is none other than the good news, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Listen, I love and I appreciate each and every one of you. And as always, I am sending all of you big hearts and lots of love, even some air hugs right back to all of you all across the world. So listen, guys, I pray that all of you had an amazing and blessed week. And before I get into the subject matter for today's show, listen, tomorrow is Valentine's Day. So I want to wish all of you a very happy, blessed and prosperous Valentine's Day. Listen, if you don't have a Valentine, don't worry about it. Don't let that bother you. Don't let it stress you out. Listen, you can still celebrate. Treat yourself to a dinner. Treat yourself to something nice. If you don't have your sweetheart, don't let it get you down. You can still celebrate. So that's why I am sending you all of the love and air hugs that I have as we celebrate Love Day on tomorrow because I truly love you guys and I am sending blessings your way for a week of nothing but God's favor, safety and prosperity on your life. And listen, not only is Valentine's Day tomorrow, but guess what today is? Ah, Today is Super Bowl Sunday. What? Ah. (laughs) Listen, just enjoy your Super Bowl Sunday with your family, your loved ones, and your friends. And listen, I hope the team that you are rooting for gets a win today. Well, family, this week, I am so excited because I am continuing my discussion on prayer being a game changer. This is something that really dropped into my spirit, and I wanted to come back this week to talk about it some more because there are so many examples in the Bible where God's servants, his people prayed, and it literally was a game changer in altering things to the point that through the vehicle of prayer, life situations were changed in their favor. 
As a matter of fact, in 2 Kings chapter 20, verses 1 through 11, beginning with verse 1, it says, In those days was Hezekiah sick unto death, and the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, came to him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. Now, can you just imagine God sending a prophet to you to actually tell you to get everything in order because tomorrow you are going to die? I mean, can you just imagine that? You are not going to make it. So say goodbye to your loved ones, family, friends, get your affairs in order because you are going to die. But watch what Hezekiah does. He doesn't panic. He doesn't try to run out and accomplish or do everything on his bucket list. He didn't throw a big going away party for himself. Instead, verse two says that Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and he prayed. Here's what it says. Then he turned his face to the wall and prayed unto the Lord, saying, this is verse three, I beseech you or I beg you, O Lord, remember now how I have walked before you in truth and with a perfect heart and have done that which is good in your sight. And Hezekiah just began to weep sorely. He's like, God, listen, I'm a good guy. I've walked up right before you. I have not sinned. I've kept a perfect heart. I have lived right. Verse four says, and it came to pass after Isaiah was gone out into the middle court that the word of the Lord came to him saying, turn again. In other words, go back to Hezekiah and tell Hezekiah, the captain of my people, thus saith the Lord, the God of David, your father, I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Behold, I will heal you. And on the third day, you shall go up into the house of the Lord. Verse six says, and I will add unto you 15 years and I will deliver you and this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria. And I will defend this city for my own sake. Pay attention to that. God said, I'm going to do it not for your sake, Hezekiah, but for my own sake. I will defend the city and I'm also going to do it for the sake of my servant, David. Verse seven says, and Isaiah said, take a lump of figs and they took it and laid it on the boreal and he recovered. So Hezekiah had a boreal apparently because they had to take the plants of a fig and lay it on top of the boreal. There had to have been infection. So the fig drew the infection out. And of course, it was so infected that he was sick unto death. But by taking this fig and putting it on the boreal, that is what God used to heal him. And he recovered. Verse eight says, and Hezekiah said unto Isaiah, what shall be the sign that the Lord will heal me that I shall go up into the house of the Lord the third day? Verse nine says, and Isaiah said, shalt thou have of the Lord that the Lord will do the thing that he has spoken. And basically, this is going to be your sign. The shadow will go forward 10 degrees or it will go backward 10 degrees. And so he's asking Hezekiah, which 
do you prefer? Do you want the Dow to go up or do you want it to go back? Do you want it to go forward 10 degrees or backward 10 degrees? And Hezekiah answered and said this, it is a light thing or an easy thing for the shadow to go up 10 degrees, but let the shadow return backward 10 degrees. Verse 11 says, and Isaiah the prophet cried unto the Lord and he brought the shadow or he turned the shadow. This is the shadow on a sundial. The Bible says that he turned it back 10 degrees by which it had gone down in the dial of Ahaz. Now, King Ahaz reigned over Jerusalem for 16 years at the age of 20 years old, while Hezekiah did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. King Ahaz did not do what was right in the eyes of the Lord. So God is saying in verse 11 of 2 Kings chapter 20 that he will cause the sun to go back 10 degrees according to the sundial of Ahaz. Now, in order to prove to Hezekiah that God was good on his word, because remember last week I said that God's word is bond. It is solid. Once he speaks something, it will not return back to him void, but it will accomplish what he sends it out to accomplish. So as a sign that God was good on his word of extending Hezekiah's life, God said, either I will cause time to speed up on your behalf or slow down. And that's when Hezekiah said, well, I'm thinking it would be easy to speed the time up, but I want you to slow it down. I want you to cause the sundial to go backward 10 degrees. And listen, that is what God did because of Hezekiah's prayer. This prayer was a game changer. Not only did God honor Hezekiah's prayer to extend his life 15 years, but as a sign, he was going to do what he said he would do, which was this. Watch this. God changed the law of nature on Hezekiah's behalf and he caused daylight savings time to occur at a time when it did not exist because it wouldn't be established until years later when the Germans decided during the war they needed to conserve energy. That was in May of 1916. And just as a reference, Americans did not adopt daylight savings time until 1918. But long before that, God caused the time to change on Hezekiah's behalf, all because his prayer changed the game. Listen, I am going to let you think about that while I take a short break. And when I come back, we will talk about this some more. And listen, after the commercial break, I have a special treat for you. C.C. Winans has a song called Pray, which features her nephew, Mario Winans. So I am going to play that for you because it goes right along with prayer being a game changer. I do not own the rights to this music, but after the song, I will get back into this teaching. So stay tuned and I will be right back after this brief announcement. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other 
podcast platforms. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. beauties and welcome back to the show. I do hope that you enjoyed Pray by C.C. Winans. Again, I do not own the rights to that music, but I did want to play it for you. Not to mention it has a nice little bop to it to keep you encouraged and to stimulate you as well as motivate you to pray. But before the break, I talked about how Hezekiah's prayer literally became a game changer because as a result of Hezekiah's prayer, God extended his life by showing him that he was good on his word. God literally changed 
the physics of time. And that is what made Hezekiah's prayer a game changer. That is how powerful prayer can be. God will change things and shake things up in order to show you that he can do whatever he wants to do whenever he wants to do it. And you know, we look everywhere else a lot of times trying to figure out answers to our prayers instead of just asking God for what we want and believing that God is going to come through on our behalf. We will search in order to find the voice of God from other sources when we have direct access to the one who will not only hear our prayers, but he has the ability to answer our prayers by changing things and making things happen on our behalf. But watch this now. You do have to be strategic with your prayers and you should be intentional with your prayer life. Petitioning God for whatever it is you need, not just for you so that you can receive the glory, but remember everything we do and say is for the glory of God. And did you know that we are instructed to have the right motives when we pray? In James chapter 4, it addresses and talks about praying amiss, which means praying for your own selfish gain to manipulate God into doing what we want him to do. That's not how we should pray, but we should pray in a way to target our prayers and focus on having a prayer life, which is a lifestyle of prayer. When you pray, you have to first of all believe that God is going to answer your prayers. Jesus said in St. Mark chapter 11, verse 24, Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. So when you pray and you are asking God for something, just believe that God will move on your behalf and make sure your motives are pure. If you are seeking God and it feels like or it seems like God is not hearing you or answering your prayers, just examine yourself and ask yourself, are my motives right? Is my heart right? Are my motives pure? Am I selfishly praying because it's all about my needs and my wants? Or am I coming to God praying, asking God to bless me for me or to bless me for him? To bless me for me to get the glory or to bless me so that he will get the glory. God, how can this thing that I am praying about bring you glory? And James breaks this down for us. In James chapter 4, verse 3, he gives us an answer as to why we may not be seeing the manifestation of our prayers because he says this, you ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. So James tells us that our prayers are not effective or being answered because we ask amiss, meaning that we are not asking in the right way. 
It's when you are asking in a way that's not quite right. It's not in order. It's actually out of order or adrift anytime you pray and your motives are not right. It means there's something about it that is deceptive. And anytime you pray and your motives are not right, instead of a hit, you can almost guarantee that it's going to be, watch this, a miss because it's not suitable or pleasing to God. So everything we do should be for God's benefit and not our own because it is all about him. It is not about us. And as a matter of fact, when the disciples asked Jesus to teach them to pray, the first thing Jesus said was start your prayer like this our father. Why? Because we are first recognizing him for who he is and not just for what he can do. In St. Matthew chapter 6 verses 9 through 13, this is where Jesus instructs the disciples to pray. He says, after this manner, therefore pray ye our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So Jesus instructs the disciples to pray by first acknowledging God for who he is Hallowed be thy name, meaning holy, righteous is who you are. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This prayer is so much about God in reverence of God that it is even referred to as the Lord's prayer. It's not Sally's prayer. It's not Bob's prayer. No pun intended. If your name is Sally or Bob, this is strictly just for reference, but it's called the Lord's prayer for a reason, because when we pray, we should be all about him and who he is. And again, not just for what he can do. And you know, there is another story in the Bible where a woman by the name of Hannah was barren, meaning that she was not able to conceive and bear children. And during biblical times, it was shameful if you were barren and you could not give your husband a son because having a son meant that the father had someone to carry on his legacy and even more so carry on his name and receive an inheritance that he could also pass down to his children. Hannah was married to Elkanah and this man had two wives. Now, Hannah was one wife and Penina was the other wife. And listen, Penina was fertile. Okay, she had all kinds of children to bless Elkanah with, but Hannah had no children. And, you know, this man went out of his way to make Hannah happy, but not just to make Hannah happy. He would also go out of the city yearly to worship and sacrifice to the Lord. And even though him and his wife, Panana, were fruitful and they were multiplying and they had sons and they had daughters and their portion was great as far as being fruitful and having children. Hannah was the one that he loved 
But the Bible says that God had closed up her womb. And I can just imagine the other wife flaunting her children in front of Hannah because she knew that Hannah was not able to bear children to their husband. And, you know, even her husband could not understand why she was so upset because she was not able to have children. I mean, I can just imagine Hannah falling into a state of depression because the Bible says that she would weep and she wouldn't eat. She was grieved. And her husband ended up saying to her, am I not better to you than 10 sons? And Hannah rose up. And the Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 10, that she had bitterness in her soul. And she prayed unto the Lord and she wept sore to the Lord and she vowed a vow. And this is what she said. O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look upon my affliction and look upon your handmaid and remember me and not forget me, but if you will give your handmaid a man child, then I will give him back to you all the days of his life and there shall no razor come upon his head. And it came to pass as she continued praying before the Lord that the priest Eli saw her praying, moving her mouth. And so as he watched Hannah pray, speaking from her heart, only her lips moved. And listen, he thought that she was drunk. And Eli said to her, how long will you be drunk? put away your wine. And Hannah answered and she said, no, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I am not drunk. I haven't had strong drink. I have poured out my soul to the Lord. So I have come in here to pray. I am pouring out my soul to God. I want a son. And you know, I just want to stop right there because I am feeling in my spirit. There is someone out there, one of my listeners, one of you beauties, you have been praying, asking God for a child. You have been praying, asking God for a son. Listen, keep seeking God, keep praying, but let me help you out. Don't just pray for a son so that you can have a baby. Pray for a son just like Hannah did in order for her child to be given back to God and used of God, because that's exactly what Hannah did. And even the priest Eli in verse 17 of 1 Samuel chapter 1, he said, go in peace and the God of Israel will grant your petition and what you have asked him for. So listen, God will grant your petition in what you have asked him for just continue to pray, continue to seek him and make it up in your mind that you are not asking for this gift for yourself because the Bible says that the fruit of the womb is God's reward. So it's not just so that you can have a baby, but if God blesses you with a son, what are you going to do with him? Are you going to give him back to God to be used for God all for the glory of God? Hannah said in verse 18 of 1 Samuel chapter 1, I have found favor. So she went away and she ate. So all this time, not only was she praying, but she also fasted. After she received confirmation that God was going to grant her petition, she went and she ate. Verse 19 says, then she rose up in the morning early and she worshiped before the Lord and returned and came to their house. 
and her husband knew her, meaning that they were intimate and the Lord remembered her. Verse 20 says, wherefore it came to pass when the time was come about after she conceived. Listen, she did not forget her promise to God, but she bare a son and she called his name Samuel, saying, because I have asked him of the Lord. So she kept her promise. She kept her vow to God and God honored her prayer. Samuel may not have ever existed and been able to operate in the gifts of God had it not been for his mother who prayed, asking God for him, and God honored her prayer. So Hannah's prayer was a game changer. In St. Luke chapter 18, verse 1, Jesus gave instructions that men ought always pray and not faint. In other words, don't become weak or fail to pray when things are going great and when things are not going so great. Listen, pray. Don't stop praying when you become weary or when you grow tired. Don't stop praying. Keep an open line of communication with you and God because we should always be watchful and we should always pray. The Bible also tells us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, to pray without ceasing. In other words, pray and make a supplication to God nonstop. So listen, pray and make your supplication without hesitation. Pray until you get results. Pray until you see results. Pray, pray, pray. And then when you can't do anything else, listen, at the end of the day, just pray and watch God change things and turn things around in your favor when you pray. And you know what? That is the quote I am leaving with you today. When things seem to weigh you down, listen, at the end of the day, pray because prayer is a game changer. Listen, beauties, that is my time. Remember, the game changes when you pray because prayer is a game changer. And that's why you don't have to worry or fret. Listen, you can just keep living your best life for Christ, which is a blessed life. Keep feasting on the word of God. Be intentional to be a blessing to someone else and be intentional in your prayers. Stay positive, stay healthy, body, soul, and spirit. Always be kind, keep a beautiful mind, and listen, never forget who God called you to be, purposed you to be, and created you to be. And that is a beautiful, dope soul. God bless you. We hope you enjoyed the show today. Don't forget to subscribe to Beautiful Soul Sunday on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, or any other podcast platform. Also, follow Beautiful Soul Sunday on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or visit our website at beautifulsoulsunday.com. Until next time, blessings, grace, and peace be multiplied.